Today on Cinematics, an exploration of low-budget, independent filmmaking in Canada. This is Abracadavers. Hello everyone, welcome back to Cinematics. In anticipation of the release of his latest project, we welcome special guest Morgan Ermter to the show. Morgan is the creator, co-writer, co-producer, and director of the web series Abracadavers, a local Calgary production. We will be chatting with Morgan about the creation of his show and about the low-budget filmmaking process, so let's just jump right in. Hello, Morgan. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm, I'm good, Ryan. Thank you. Excellent. Why don't you, why don't you introduce yourself quickly before we get going here, just for our listeners? For sure. Uh, my name is Morgan Ermter. I... I wrote uh, ten, 10 minutes of Abercadavers, and I directed <laughs> the rest of it. Nice. And I, I hear you're the creator as well. What does that mean? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess it's just like the concept came from me. It was a, a story hive web series like almost three years ago now, um, and I was the project lead on that and uh, have, have been ever since. Three years ago. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. So so what, how did that, why, why don't we dive right into that? How did that happen? You started with a story hive pitch three years ago yeah. that got the pilot grant, right? Mm-hmm. And how did that progress from there? Um, so we got the story hive grant and that was just do uh, like one of the 10K web pilots. Um, and then found out afterwards that we didn't get the, the 50K to, to do the rest of the season. Um, which was kind of a, a bummer, but also like if we did have to do it, it would have been kind of crazy. Um, and then we got a mysterious call uh, <laughs> from <laughs> from Storyhive that was kind of like, "Hey, we loved your show. Wait, wait for the new year." Um, so we were like, "For okay. for what?" <laughs> uh, never found that out. Eventually, um, in the new year, we assumed what they were figured out what they were talking about it was the like the 100k edition right um, so we're like oh, okay so they're saying like this is an opportunity for us to like try and make the rest of the season so um we applied to that um got got in obviously because here we are now there you go. and uh and then made the the full thing a lot a lot bigger than we had originally planned to do it a lot bigger. What do you mean a lot bigger? So like um, if we had got the 50K, the plan was to do like four more 10-minute episodes, and now we have eight instead. Oh, okay. Because um, we went we went back. Um, one of the actors, sadly, moved to New York after we did the pilot, and the other actor was our, uh, our location sound mixer. <laughs> so, so we were like – uh, yeah, you know, sat sat him down and had the listen, man. Uh, had the, had the talk with him. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm not an actor. Um, so uh, went back to like kind of revisit the pilot and do do that over again, and then uh, kind of revamped the whole season really from the ground up, pretty much, eh? Uh, yeah, except for that, except for that pilot episode, nice. the rest of it totally got. Uh, rebuilt so i heard somewhere that it was also working with con- in conjunction with project lab right is that a thing yeah so project lab um selected a number of 
projects for like production and post finishing Mm -hmm. money. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of gone towards, we're like, that's been the, that's the split of the project, I guess. So there's like the web series version and then, um, the feature version. Oh, okay. Um, So there's essentially two different versions of the, yeah. Um, were they shot differently? This is an interesting technical question. Did you shoot them separately? Uh, see, because it was a, it, it's always been like a web series first. Mm-hmm. So the feature film has kind of, uh, it's just like a re, it's, it's a recut more than anything. Um, and uh, we're, it, it's most of the way there, but it has some like work to go. I think we might shoot like a couple um, more scenes just to flesh it out um, to make it more sense because it's really. I mean, people have done it, but my uh, my takeaway from the whole thing is that if you're making a, if you're writing a web series, it doesn't transfer like super smoothly into a feature film without a lot of legwork. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of manipulation, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Um, so why don't we backtrack a little bit? You got me on a, a bit of a run there, so I just was sure. figured I'd keep you going. But why don't you tell us what Abracadabra's is? For sure. Um, so. Uh, it's kind of we've been pitching it to people as like an adventure comedy so it's an adventure comedy like road trip buddy superhero okay (laughs) so it's like many 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 things uh and yeah explaining the concept to people is always wacky it follows uh chris and his uh his closest friends chris suffered the loss of his mother through this like freak hair salon chair accident um and ever <laughs> right. si- yeah and ever since then he's been obsessed with the the chair that killed her so he, he's stolen it from the salon keeps it in his house is always is always sitting in in it always hanging out with it um and his friends are like this is this has gone on for years it's too much uh nobody like here at home is helping you get past this so we're gonna take you away from all of that so you, you know can focus on uh, just this chair and getting better and that's the that's the premise nice a little a little heartwarming maybe at the same time maybe yeah, you might yeah. say yeah to, to counteract the fact that it's about like a woman getting electrocuted at, <laughs> at its core <laughs> fair enough and yeah. i mean i guess there's a risk of well maybe it's not plugged in he won't get electrocuted but there's always <laughs> yeah. that fear maybe <laughs> well the, the thing is uh we've never been brave enough to try it but there is a plug on the hair chair uh, oh. to plug it into a wall we've never plugged it into a wall <laughs> so like presumably it works but um i'm not sure and i don't know if it's worth finding out <laughs> um so you said you wrote 10 pages of it do you want to maybe talk a little bit about your writing process how how you and the other writers kind of hashed that out for sure um yeah because i wrote the i wrote the pilot episode when we did it three years ago uh and then of course when we found out that there was new they were bringing new casts and stuff. We knew that, well, okay, we've got to shoot the pilot episode again. Um, and so I kind of, uh, after, like, at that point, the pilot episode was in, like, it's, like, 30th draft or something stupid. <laughs> um, so I was, like, I don't want to, I'm, like, so excited to get to, like, brand new material. But because this episode, we've spent, like, so much time on it, the only way we're going to get, like, enough feedback on the rest of the show is like if we bring in some other writers okay um, and i think we really also wanted to like diversify the voices that were telling the story too 
Um, so that was a big reason for that. So then throughout the, um, the year in between, um, there's six, six, I think there's six writers on it now. That's a lot of, yeah. that's a lot of writers for a little web series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we had like, a um, basically had like a writer's room meeting, uh, every week or so to go through, um, yeah, go through the episodes, just like brainstorm stuff. The structure was pretty down pat early on just because I'd been thinking about it for like years at that point. Um, but I was, yeah, more than happy to like pass it off to all those people. And uh, it, I remember giving some people the first drafts of it and they were like some, a lot of them were surprised that it was from six different voices. Really? Right? Yeah. Um, because of just how that's an achievement. It's hard to uh, yeah. it's hard to write something with a bunch of people and make it sound cohesive. Yeah. So so you you did the pilot essentially, and then mm -hmm. brought on other people to uh, write the rest of the season. Yeah, basically. Did you guys have a lot of trouble linking everything together? How did you go from say you writing a pilot episode mm -hmm. to being essentially a showrunner of the thing? Um, I mean, it like. I feel like so before this show because this is really like our big thing it's like the first big thing we've done um, a lot of the people I worked with were like high school friends or just like people I've been hanging out with not necessarily uh, film people until I got into SAIT and then there's a couple more but I was always the one who was like uh, like I'd write it and then direct and shoot and then and then edit it and then whatever because my other friends are just like oh, we're like happy to be in this like dumb thing that <laughs> right. we've like that we've made up, um, but like we don't know any of the technical aspects. So I think like the whole the past few years have me for me anyways have just been handing off like more and more roles. So like um, being uh, I guess being like a showrunner on something it like makes more sense to me than having all these other roles. I don't know if that even answers your question or not. <laughs> kind of, kind of, I guess what I'm fishing for is, is a little bit of like how, how you guys in the actual writer's room were able to sit down and make that connection between all those episodes, because you've got mm. six different people, six different voices and tones and styles and making all of those connect to do what you wanted to do with it. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just seeing it, visually yeah so um i was i was uh i was blessed to work as a janitor for five years <laughs> um and because of that i i've like i've not not stolen the school that i worked at uh as a janitor threw out a lot of stuff over the years mm -hmm. um and so i would always take the things that like you know kind of related to film of which there was a lot of and one of those things was i i often took the old uh, like classroom whiteboards. So, oh. they're, so they're like these gigantic, gigantic whiteboards. And they just throw them out. Yeah, yeah, because oh. they get because they get new ones, or they all have those like fancy digital smart boards now. Oh yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. New age technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, I think the most like the easiest way to get like a cohesive voice to everything is just to be able to see it. So like being able to just like write write all the episodes and every time we come to a like a meeting they're always like they're up there either like written on the boards or on like notes um and having the pilot too because then 
uh, I mean, except for the two, the two cast members that were recast, the, um, everybody knew who was in it. They knew the actors. They knew the, like the kind of the voice of the, of the piece and using the pilot as like a proof of concept, um, I think prevented anyone from being like, so like, what is the, what is the style of this? And like, <laughs> what's the humor supposed to be like? Cause you could just see that. Here's 10 pages. Yeah. Match this. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, so what are, and I'm sure there was a few, but what are some of the, the biggest challenges that you, you and your team as a whole kind of experienced through these last three years? Um, the biggest one, I feel like all the challenges came in production that's like always my um i don't you can as much pre-production time as you can give yourself like do it um because we could have gone on farther and i was talking to um i was talking to some people i wish we had more time to like to storyboard and stuff because we spent we spent months and months on the on like the production design and the writing and stuff um, and then the, the storyboarding and, and stuff kind of was like last minute, uh, like, let's just schedule this all out. Um, yeah, I wish we spent more time, um, like location scouting, um, which probably like to anybody that watches it, I think will seem weird because it like the locations that we found were really great. Um, but it, it's a road trip film, right? Right. So the amount of like crew travel time was insane uh, just because like we wanted to go all over Alberta because we thought it'd be fun. Um, yeah, no, totally. And it, and it was like, it was fun uh, for the most part. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure some of the crew will disagree. Uh, <laughs> some of the, some of the locations that we made them, made them travel to are more uh, divisive, I guess, whether or not it was a good time. Or Fair enough. <laughs> um, and I would probably agree. Um I mean, nothing's ever perfect, right? Yeah. Uh, but, like, even if it's a road trip film, I think there's loads of stuff within, like, an hour of the city. And we drove, like, uh, like 3,000 kilometers or something. Jeez. Uh, and that's just the stuff that was over 100 kilometers from the city. So um, where, where did you guys film? Where did you guys end up going? So um, farthest place we went uh, was Salmon Arm in BC. Okay. Uh, everything else was Alberta. So we went to Drumheller, Red Deer... Um, Buffalo Lake, Innisfail, Bowdoin, uh, Rimby, Cochrane, Water Valley. Just, just everywhere. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's one of the things that people like about Alberta so much for filming is there's such a diverse sort of set of locations that you can really just go everywhere and get everything. Mm-hmm. And that was a big part of our pitch too, was like, we're going to go everywhere. We're going to like use the local businesses, nice. um, that kind of thing. The characters, when they're going through. Um, there's this one, one of the characters builds this, like this puzzle over and over again throughout the show. Uh, and the puzzle is a map of Alberta. Um, and that, and it has like all the, all the different locations on it. So nice. we wanted to make sure to like, in like, clearly it's not Alberta because it's this weird world where they use like rotary phones instead of cell phones. Um, but we really wanted to like tie it to where we live and all the like great stuff that we have around us. That's awesome. Rotary phones instead of cell phones. Is 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 it set in like today? Is it set in the um, past? Is it set everywhere? <laughs> I think I'd say I'd say everywhere. Kind of what we 
talked about with the uh, with the production designers is like we want it to be more or less timeless, um, but it has like it has a lot of like vintage uh, vibes to it. Like all the vehicles are old. The van they drive around is from the eighties. Um, yeah, they use they use rotary phones like cell phones, <laughs> um, but it's like this this girl like goes to the pool and she brings her phone. Uh, and there's a scene where they ravel like 500 feet of cord cable because it goes from like their hotel hotel room to the, <laughs> all the way to the pool. Um, but yeah, just like because you just want a weird, it's like a world like ours, but but di- also not. Yeah, but also not a bit different. Nice, I like that. Um, so, what do you think is the greatest victory you guys had? What was the what was the biggest moment of like? Huzzah through the process. Um, I see, yeah, yeah, this was it's tricky because I, um, I've been asked, I've been asked this question before too, and I had to like pitch it to a bunch of the crew members to be like, what was like the best thing? Um, and I think, I think it would just be getting to, it was just like getting to the end <laughs> of the project, <laughs> <Yeah>. probably. <laughs> um, because we, well, what happened was we, we shot a project right after it, um, and we throughout that one there was a lot of moments where we were like, "Huzzah!" Like, yes, this worked out so great. And we were like, "Why didn't we? Why didn't we feel that way when we were making Abracadabras? Why weren't there all these like, like I don't know, like yeah, like um, all these moments where we're like, wow, I can't believe that that worked out the way that it did." And I think it's because we spent like a year planning it. So it wasn't so much like we're going to get here and um, like hopefully this works out and like, oh, wow, surprise, it worked out better than we thought. Everything uh, on the shoot was like according to a plan that we had been working on for six months. Um, so it's less like woohoo and more like, okay, great, we did like step one, like now it's <laughs> step two. It's been carefully planned. We're not like diverting from the plan. Uh, like, here it we worked go. exactly like what it was supposed to kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess it, the part two of that is like, if something doesn't go the way that you want it to, then, um, then it's just, then you're just looking at the bad. Right. So it's like mm-hmm. everything that was unexpected was, Oh, I think it's fair to say everything that was unexpected on the production was like a negative that we had to, um, work against almost. Um, but like overall, yeah, super, super smooth. For and us, I mean, I think. That, that, that's lucky in some ways. Cause there's, a, there's always problems, right? When you're making yeah. a movie, there's always negatives. There's always mm-hmm. barriers that you have to push against. So to, to hear that it mostly went to plan is, is definitely nice. Yeah. Yeah. Even if, uh, not, not to say that I do it exactly the same again, <laughs> because looking back there's certainly loads of mistakes that i was like ah yes that's a that's a first time error that we'll never do again um what what what, what's an example of something like that uh well like so the driving was a big one Mm -hmm. um the just like consolidation of locations for sure um just like hopping back and forth uh just like um like i think like planning out cash flow as well super important just to um, kind of yeah, have like a clear idea like where and when your your money is coming in <laughs> um, yeah. is really good. Uh, yeah, like uh, like I was saying, like more plan, more going through the like storyboards and shot lists more. 
um, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it, as insane as it seems, because we had so much prep, like more more prep, more people on the. Yeah. I think maybe maybe not so much more prep, but more people on the producing end of things. Because as much as like that, uh, having that like bigger budget lets you like delegate a whole bunch of stuff. I think people often forget that like producing is, um, is a job that like stands on, on its own. You can't like give it to, uh, like like Griffin and I are doing a lot of the producing work. Um, but it's like when like when you're on set and like I'm directing and he's he's acting and then at the same time you're trying to think like are our is our is our road closure permit going to come in time for tomorrow's shoot? Then like, you're not doing the best work you can for like the, yeah. to ha Having a producer maybe who's just a producer yeah. would, would have been helpful for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody that just sits in on, uh, on emails, not to mm. make it sound like the producer is a shitty job, but <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's the least glamorous, I think yeah. of all the film jobs. If you had to, if you had to pick a job to be the the bottom tier for glamour, it would probably be that one. Yeah. In a lot of ways. It's true. I mean, it depends, I guess, on your uh, your mindset going into film, right? Like, I'm so concerned with the, I love like the creative side of it, uh, and the producing is, I guess, producing is creative in a different way. Yeah. It's much more like a business mindset. Um, I like, yeah, like I like the organization of it too, that it requires just like keeping everything in order and like seeing your, uh, <laughs> seeing your like project ledger at the end and all your receipts, like well-organized. I'm like, mm, very good. Nice. But <laughs> crisp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but like, I don't think, I don't know that it's good or like even healthy to, to do both. No, I, um, I, I can see your point there for sure. I mean, I've definitely tried producing and directing things before. Um, but I always have somebody who's co-producing who's not doing anything else, I think. Mm. Um, I've been lucky that way. But I guess with small budget, there's a lot of things you got to cut back on. Yeah, and, and next time, that's something I won't sacrifice. <laughs> it's not worth it. So um, the private screening for the crew is tonight. Yes, that is true. Are you Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you... Uh, I'm excited mostly just to see everybody from the cast and crew because everyone's like so busy all the time. It's nice to get together. Um, and I've seen the cut enough times with enough people that I won't be like, I don't know, like sitting there, sitting there nervously watching mm -hmm. it because I know like, um, <laughs> I like, I know all the shortcomings that it has right now, the version that we're watching. Um, and I know that people have, have seen it and provided positive feedback. And I think like seeing it and they've only watched it on like a, like a, like crappy TV or whatever. Yeah. Right. I think seeing it on like a, on a big screen with that many people is a totally different experience. So even if it is, uh, even if like, I think even if you make a movie and it's like not your greatest, you're not like that proud of it. As soon as you get in a room with all those people and you watch it, it's great. Like I don't, you've you've done like forty eight hour challenges. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. Like going to those screenings is is awesome. I think. And yeah. Like, you've made films for those, and they've been they've been garbage. But just like seeing everyone else's work in in like a room together, um, it's just like like a fun experience. So it's I'm rewarding just, to yeah. to see everything that you've been doing for the last 
three years now kind of <laughs> yeah. pretty much come together hey mm-hmm. yeah and i know i know everyone else is just um just hearing a lot of like people are excited for it so i don't uh unless uh, yeah i mean like unless the picture just cuts out <laughs> I, don't, I don't see it going awry in nice. any way so you said you're you're uh, earlier you said you're about 80 percent there is what you were telling me on the on the cut that we're seeing mm-hmm. tonight are you going to be uh doing some more work on it and when does it come out for the public to watch um so the feature film is going to kind of move into like a limbo state okay i feel like just because we're going to push the the web series so like so much fair enough yeah um and we don't want to like it's the whole like we don't want to uh we don't want to confuse people i guess because like even just saying like hey it's a feature film and it's a web series is already confusing um as it is so the feature yeah i don't know what the the feature film's going to have a very different life than than the web series like probably going to make it like well yeah look into making it longer look into polishing it up might even get like a name change oh interesting but i imagine it won't see the light of day for like another year Fair enough. Do you uh, so the web series? It was the one funded through Story Hive that's being you know yeah. marketed, it, and the pilot is watchable right now, right? Uh, next week. Next week. Next week okay. it will be. Yeah, and then we'll be releasing all the other episodes, uh, kind of on a, I think on a weekly basis in January, um, kind of like ring in the ring in the new year with the full season okay. of the show. So where can it be seen? Uh, it's actually gonna go just on our YouTube channel okay so we uh yeah and that's kind of a with the uh with the blessing of some some marketing teams is kind of the direction that we've chosen to go which is i think a bit uh it's gonna be a bit risky i guess but like our 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 biggest thing like the best thing i think we can hope to achieve by like releasing season one is the ability to shoot season two um fair enough and i think after talking to people about it the only way uh, not not the only way but the best way for that to happen is for us to make it available like as as publicly as as we can oh of course and i mean i guess that's the nature of web series these days you know everybody kind of wants their content to be viewable for free uh, mm. on demand as an easy access place. So, I mean, and, and it's interesting that you, you say YouTube because YouTube's a, a divisive platform for some people because it's, yeah. it's to me, it's a great place for, for video content. It's a great place for audio content. It's a great place in general for, for smaller creators to get their name out and get themselves seen. But it's also very overpopulated, you might say. It's crazy oversaturated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's so much stuff on there. So why why YouTube? What what were the other options? What what, what was your process in maybe um, talking about distributing it that way? I mean, I think just because I think it's just for like getting it in the in the public eye. It's like it's where it's where everything is, I guess. So like I'm I'm certain like a, a season two I could see going to um, like a different platform. Like maybe like maybe it's just like on iTunes and you buy it or uh, like Vimeo on demand or Amazon Prime or something, um, but it uh, I think it's just easily easily recognizable 
and we were kind of i mean bottom line it was we kind of were given the choice from story hive it was like it's going on our youtube channel or you can put it on your own youtube channel there you go okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so i guess ignore all that other stuff that's that's really what it came down to it's like you've got this option or that option but what do you want to do fair enough okay so something that i i try to do with this podcast a lot is is provide some insight into the uh, the sort of hidden workings of, of filmmaking for people. So mm-hmm. maybe something you can talk about is um, how how all of that kind of affected, like say your funding from TELUS and their sort of requirements for how you, you market it versus how you want to progress and like how do you want to go into the next season? Where are you looking for funding for that kind of thing? And you know, Right, yeah. Um, so I can totally I can totally see the second season being a lot more like restrictive in the way that you watch it but maybe not the the thing that's great about the way this the first season was funded um and this doesn't happen i mean maybe i don't know how much it happens but um it's like we we had all the money we needed to shoot it beforehand right like right we weren't like restricted by um like a distributor or or something like that where like they expect it to go to a certain place um same thing with same thing with project lab um and like they ask for their their like their credit on screen but um all the copyright is is ours right and it's up to us what we do with it and i don't think in in like whatever the rest of my career ends up being um chances that i'll be in a position to release content this like freely and openly where we where we get to control like we're uploading it to our own stuff so like we get to control everything right i don't think we'll ever have this much control over a project that we've made ever again um but for and for and yeah and for season two i expect that we'll have a bit less of that as well um i mean i all I can say for season two right now is just like what my my hopes and dreams are because of course because yeah. we're still trying to talk to people, um, but like a big a big uh, big funder obviously is the like the Alberta government. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. and then we're looking into uh, grants from from Telefilm. They have a program called the it's called the Web Series Pilot Program, I think. Okay. Actually, is is that a new one that they've I think it's only been going on for a couple of years, okay. um, but it's specifically designed for second or subsequent seasons of web series. Because oh. I guess they looked at the they looked at the the whole market because it's a like it's a bigger thing now, um, and they kind of came to the conclusion that the like number one problem web series face nowadays is that like they make a first season and then they have no money to make a second one. Um, so that's a that's a fun that. Um, that's open once every year. Okay. Um, and they do like a, as, as most telefilms grants go, they do like a matching funds kind of thing. So oh, okay, so you find money elsewhere and they'll match whatever you yeah. have kind of deal. Okay. Yeah. Which like I mean, if we yeah, if we want to get real into the behind the scenes, if you look at it this way, telefilm matches your film, they'll match it fifty percent. Right? right. The Alberta government will match or will give you thirty percent of your budget. Yeah. Um, then if you want to look into getting it licensed as Canadian content through like Cavco or something, and they have their tax credit, that's 25% of, no, or is it 50%? Yeah. It's 50, it's 50% of the like eligible labor costs on your film. Right. 
So uh, like 25% of your budget, maybe. Probably less, because uh, I know that we're going through it right now for Abracadavers, and we're looking at maybe like uh, like 10% of the budget or something. Okay. But even like, so let's let's even say that is 10%. If you if you have all those, which are all basically government grants, now you're looking at ninety percent of your film's budget is covered by various grants and government offerings. Yeah. yeah. So if you're working on yeah, I mean like you're working on a um, you want like a million dollar budget, you just have to now you're now you're pitching people like hey, if you give me like a hundred grand to make this, you're gonna get like nine hundred thousand, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean that that's too big a number because that's not uh, telefilm caps at two hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> so so that's an unachievable dream. Um, but anyways, that's uh, it's like a very I don't know it's a very feasible way I think to get stuff done. Um, it's yeah. paying because it's the government, but you know whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's also one of the things that I think we have an, an advantage on in a lot of ways is we have all these programs that are available for people who don't necessarily have a skyrocketing career in Hollywood, say, but they're looking mm -hmm. to make something personal, something that they care about, and there's there's options out there for people to make that, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in that way, we're, we're lucky that, um, yeah, that Canada sees arts as, like, a valuable thing, and they're willing to put all that funding in, into it, because, like, those opportunities don't exist down in the States, right? Yeah, um, yeah, from what I've heard, anyways, I haven't yeah, like scene, a, but... well, there's like tax credits in some states for sure, um, and I don't know. Yeah, and I'm sure it like varies from state to state, but I don't think they have a program like the Alberta Media Fund uh, or anything down there. Um, so that's interesting. And then I mean, hopefully, like we we're like a, I mean, like we're like a like a story hive baby, <laughs> kind of like <laughs> that's how this project came to be for so, sure. So it'd be great if like it continued on as like a Telus original. Um, and we were able to stick with that platform. Um, yeah. They have been funding web series for their TELUS originals that are um, taking uh, full full seasons of web series that they're they're funding. So that's definitely mm. an avenue. Yeah, they. Um, I I can't remember the name of the newest one that they just. Uh, I was just working on one recently called Paper Champions. That might be the one you're thinking of. Maybe I think this one. There's a BC one that they just put on their YouTube. I know that they've been supporting. Uh, one hit dive for like the past few years yeah as yeah. well um and the one that uh how to learn anything that uh originally beat out the abracadavers pilot oh. <laughs> back to the 50k <laughs> uh they got a second season on telus originals too so that's great it like yeah the content that uh that they're putting out i think keeps getting better and better and it's cool to see that they're um diversifying a bit and putting out more narrative content yeah it was a lot of it was it's just been uh, like documentary but, oh interesting okay um yeah because they're always about like that the whole like local vibe like, yeah what's canadian content and <laughs> yeah local canadian people yeah what are they actually doing but uh written yeah narrative content is you know also a big thing so it's cool that they're support, supporting more of that um hopefully they could support us we'll see uh, <laughs> fingers crossed for you <laughs> yeah yeah uh that's a that's a talk that we have yet to have that, so. that, that's fair i mean <laughs> Who knows where things can go, right? Yeah, I mean, at this point, we're still like, we're still just releasing season one, so yeah. that's that's good. But I know the um, the cast and cast and crew is anxious to hear if it's like going to be a thing that continues or if we're just like 
That's it. That, that's it. And yeah. I mean, it happens to a lot of shows. They get a season, they die. Even even the great mm-hmm. Joss Whedon loses shows all the time. Yeah, yeah true. Poor <laughs> um, guy. Yeah, too many shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, do you have any thoughts on doing festival stuff at all, or is it just going to be straight to straight to the public? Um, so, I mean, we'll try and do as many. Uh, Obviously, we're going to hit up as many web festivals as we can. I think the one thing that's nice about web festivals and what I've found researching them so far is that they understand um, that, like, it's more about kind of, like, project awareness than it is about, like, premiere status. Mm -hmm. Um, So as soon as you have a feature film, and this is is part of the reason we're, like, looking at, like, maybe, like, a name change or something, um, is, like, once it's out there, like it's out there, right? Like yeah. Once you've lost your world premiere status, then a lot of the bigger festivals are like, okay, whatever, we don't want you. Um, You're not going to bring all these people that are watching a premiere, yeah. so, you know, whatever. Yeah, but, like, in order for a web series to be successful, it's got to be it's got to be out there. Um, so they, a lot of those festivals don't have the same, like, application restrictions. So, like, hopefully we can, um, yeah, hopefully we can give it around to people we'll try it i mean we'll try to do all that all that we can and we'll see where it goes there you go yeah and hopefully and i'm I'm almost certain that the the feature film version will start out with uh a festival run before it's like available to be seen anywhere but um i'm kind of like the as far as our like swath of producers on the project go i'm like the the one that's like always pushing the web series one part of it (laughs) um and then just kind of like you you guys are looking at the feature film version like fill me in like where what's our plans for this um yeah well and i mean once once you got eyes on the web series it's automatically a step in the right direction i guess right it's a fa- mm-hmm. maybe a faster route to getting people to see this this project which as you said is your first big funded yeah. piece right yeah and i think even though like even though having it on i don't know i've i've having it online according to people i've talked to i think it always depends but according to people i've talked to um they're like having it online for everyone to watch can only help it of course yeah so yeah that that i would uh, i would say you're probably right about that for all the experience i have (laughs) (laughs) um awesome is there anything you want to touch on that i didn't ask you about is there any anything you want to push any uh any part of the the project that you think is a useful learning experience or or parable or analogy or um uh i guess it would be don't uh get get people that know what they're doing to uh find people who know what they're doing and make them responsible for your picture vehicles <laughs> that would be my takeaway. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we because we purchased this this road trip van for them, and two weeks into shooting, uh, part of the engine went straight through the the like oil reserve onto the highway, dumped out all the oil on the van, and then it no longer worked. Oh. And there was like, there's no way to fix it. There's we had no idea that that was like something that was in danger of happening with the thing. It just happened. Uh, it just blew up. And then it no longer ran for production. So uh, that was something that I now that it now that it's done and it seems so 
<laughs> far away is something I don't think about anymore. <laughs> um, but there are so many shots where like the van was supposed to like pull up to a hotel or it was supposed to like drive like into this spot or drive away. And just like all of a sudden a week into production, we like couldn't do that anymore. Um, it was parked at the hotel already. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, they're here. They are at the hotel. They don't got to drive in. Um, but, uh, yeah, get, there's people, there's people that know what they're doing. We should have had them on board. We didn't. Uh, and I think that probably, it doesn't show a lot in, in the film now, but, uh, I think it, I think it hurt the, the final product to not have it running season two. Uh, no, no vehicle work, no traveling. It's all in, all set in one location. Oh man, <laughs> we're we're really changing things up. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, you know, the joy of web series is you can you can go from season to season and do all kinds of different stuff and yeah. experiment with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, sweet. So, do you want to? Do you have anything you want to plug? Social media or any anywhere we can people can find you. Keep up with your. Your work, your crew's work, your right. producing team's work. Luckily, um, luckily, Abracadavers is a unique enough name that uh, you can just type it in and you'll find all of our social media for it. Um, maybe that's a hot tip. Just name your uh, project something that isn't a real word. <laughs> <laughs> and then and it'll make it easy for people to find you. Otherwise, um, otherwise Numera Films is our production company. Uh, and that's the YouTube channel that the show will end up going on, um, but I'm sure you'll just be able to type in Abracadabras and it'll show up. Because there's literally no other thing like it. Yeah, except <laughs> yeah, except for uh, except for Abracadaver, that song by the Hives. From, oh, uh, I didn't know that was a thing. So there you go. Yeah, we, we didn't get the uh, we didn't try to get the rights to it. Maybe we'll put it in season two or something. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, I'm excited to come out tonight and check out the uh, check out the screening and see what uh, what all your hard work has led to. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on as well. Excited to see you and everyone else there. It'll be a, it'll be Take a good care. night. Yeah, you too. Thank you very much to Morgan for joining us today. You've given us a lot of great insight into the world of low budget filmmaking in Canada. Paul will be rejoining me next week, back from his trip to Japan, after which we will be taking a short hiatus, returning in the new year. I'd like to thank you all so much for listening. It's been an exciting few months getting our first podcast running and getting a feeling for our tone, our style, and, and, and what we're trying to do here. Uh, and we really look forward to continuing on next year and and creating more content and, and developing as we go. So thank you very much, and we'll see you all next week.